0: This is Rog, jumping on ahead of the pod, which is unusual, but I feel compelled after a GFOP, Matthew Reed sent me a story that we've all thought a lot about this week at Men in Blazers. It's awful news from Wood River Junction in Rhode Island. A 17-year-old high school senior, Maddie Potts, the captain of the girls' soccer team at Cherahoe High School, passed away after collapsing on the field. While taking a penalty, the victim of a brain aneurysm, is a shocking, searing story. A reminder, if we needed one, that life is incredibly short and fragile. So we dedicate this pod to Maddie's memory, to all those at a high school who must be reeling. We wish you all health, happiness, to making Maddie's memory matter. And to all our listeners, the words of Philip Larkin, We should be careful of each other. We should be kind. While there is still time to the pod. This is Rebecca Lowe, or Rebecca Lua, if you listen to Suboptimal Radio, and you are listening to Men In Blazers on the NBC Sports Network. It's unbelievable!
1: From the Embassy Row Studios, in the crap part of Soho, it's the Men In Blazers podcast, Rog.
0: Oh, David. What's wrong? I've been feeling better.
1: Everton won this weekend.
0: I'll get to it. I, I'm feeling, to be honest, I, I'm feeling a little fragile. I need to warn you, fragile.
1: I had a bit of an old school night out last night. I know. What do you mean? Take me through this. You said this earlier, and I just simply didn't believe you.
0: All, well, <laughs> all I'll tell you is, <laughs> all I'll tell you is,
1: yeah.
0: I feel like I've been, in your terms, a night out on the lash with Miguel Herrera and Diego Costa. I wasn't with either of those two guys, but that's what. The Rod little body feels like it's not working. Shields are at thirty percent power. Yeah, my mouse feeling a bit like the West Ham bubble machine. Yeah, where were you? What were you doing? I was all over. I was all. I woke up this morning in a gutter, in Soho with a strange man's underpants over my head. Don't no know how one I got avoids there. questions like you, Rod. Oh, Mossad training. <laughs> you weren't <It's laughs> can, once again. Can I say I'm in the frame of mind? Yeah, where you you actually described it best this uh-huh. morning. We were both waiting for Matt Kuchar, as you do, right, Cooch. to arrive, yeah. Rog, David, to arrive in the panic room. Mm-hmm. We're both, I will say, we're both a bit of a hot mess for different reasons. And you just turned to me. Do you remember what you said? No. You said... I don't even remember this morning. <laughs> out of nowhere, you just turned to me. Michael Davis turned to me. We're waiting for
1: Kuchar. Yeah. is running a bit late. Mm-hmm. And you say, what's wrong with losing the day for once instead of saving it? No, no, no. You did say to me, come on, let's save the day. Yeah. And I said, what's wrong with losing the day every now and then? (laughs) But that's more about... When you said it, I just wanted to put that on the mug, slap it on the mug. No, that's to do with how I get used sometimes at Embassy Row by my people. Yeah. Is they want Devo... To put your thumb in the dike. They want me to come in and save the day. It's like this situation. I see the looks on their faces and I can just tell there's a situation that's enormously f***ed up and I've got to come in. And I've got to make a couple of phone calls, do a bit of tap dance. Normally involves normally involves a toilet that's clogged up. <laughs> well, <laughs> metaphorically, yes. Um, a television program in some way where there's a relationship that needs declogging. And I'm I'm just tired of being the one that always has to save the day, Rog. Yep. I want to lose the day every now and yeah, then. So lose now the what day. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna come in and I lose could, the day.
0: Okay, it's a philosophy of life. Just lose the day. Yeah. Just let it all go. I've got to say, it was particularly poignant to me because. And, and, and readers of our Raven newsletter will, will know this because I've written about this darkness which has overwhelmed me this week. I've had repeat dreams, nightmares really, David. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can tell me what they mean. No. But in this dream, which I've had now three times, the US, they're playing Panama yeah. on October the 6th in Orlando. Yeah, a virtual must-win World Cup qualifier. Mm-hmm. We at the beginning of my dream, we were all like confident. We all expect the US to roll. Do your job, guys. Come on, that's what we do. We believe. But then Panama, they get a shocking early goal, a really early goal. Mm-hmm. In my dream, like what? Twelve seconds. Uh, Murata, like eighty-three seconds. Okay. And the U.S., they kind of control the game from there on in, but they can't convert the chances. The longer the game goes on, the longer the dream goes on, the more the pressure, the nerves mm-hmm. kick in, passes start to go astray. Bruce Arena's kind of a bit more pouty, mm-hmm. sending on subs. It's cut to the quick. We lose the game 1-0, David. Yeah. And in my dream, I see a Twitter feed, like a mm-hmm. real Twitter feed, just the shock, the anger, the mourning, mm-hmm. demands for heads to roll. Yeah. And then i wake up.
1: I mean, Lalas would go berserk. I mean, could you just imagine a post one nil home loss to Panama, Alexi? Yeah. I think it would be, um,
0: what would he say? I think he'd I revel know. in
1: it. He'd revel in it.
0: He would revel in it, but he would take. deliver. He
1: would have a hot take of some kind that would just be mind-blowing.
0: And that hot take in about 100 years' time, like the Lynn miranda Manuel of that period will make a hip-hop
1: musical.
0: <laughs> Lullest. It'll be that jingoistic you, I want to invest in that right now. Oh, it'll be amazing. Yeah. Lalas, the musical. Just yeah. possibly the most patriotic slash jingoistic man of our generation. He's walking in our midst and we don't even know he is. What do you think my dream means, David? Cause does it mean I'm fearing the damage a loss would do
1: to the profile of the game in this country? Um, I mean, I would say on the whole is that I would accept and put to one side and... Ignore really any of your dreams that you've had over the years about the U.S. <laughs> men's national team because there has been to say they've not been prophetic yeah. is a uh, is is a sort of massive understatement.
0: Um, what are you saying? Yeah. Are you saying that really the the core meaning is I just would like a fifth child? It's really about a yearning.
1: Well, no, I think it's all for you again. Is that pretty much everything you think? Whether you're pessimistic, optimistic, I don't know what optimism or is. or you know evasive or. Fully sort of embracing of anything, you basically fear the pain of losing and you care so much, you really want your teams to win, and you care so much about the US men's national team, you want them to win so badly that you are psychologically preparing yourself for loss. Yes, you're doing this in a dream. It's actually probably a a step better than what you usually do, which is you convince yourselves and the entire world that that they're going to lose. That's what you do with Everton. You've yeah. never really Evertoned the US Men's never. National Team. You never. Everton, the US Men's Team. You, you Everton, my, Everton.
0: The US men's Team were my hedge bet.
1: Yeah. Yeah, God. but you're starting to Everton them a little bit.
0: Honestly, listening to you, I just want to crawl back into
1: my mother's womb. Do you believe but, in astrology?
0: No. I think it was fabricated like, by newspapers to try and get people following them. Why do you ask me? No,
1: me? I feel exactly the same way. And yet, mm. just over the last few days, I'm starting to sort of think, I've got to believe in it conveniently. Because I've had it, as you know, I've had a couple of bad weeks, and I just want to believe that one of my you planets... One of my planets, I don't know which planet it would be, yeah. is passing through some phase somewhere, but at some point the planet will no longer be in that phase and it will be somewhere else and everything will get better. <sighs> so I think that sometimes astrology is a very good thing to think about because you think, I'm not in complete control. It's just going to be like this for a little bit, then it's going to go and get better.
0: Oh. <sighs> That's giving me reason to believe. I can, I'm also feeling dark,
1: Dave. I've got to yeah. be honest.
0: Horoscopes may be something I need to, like a new crutch for me to rely on Nobody
1: really understands how creative you are.
0: When your moon is in your No, that's,
1: that's basically every <laughs>
0: horoscope ever written. I, I, here's what, another thing that's got me feeling dark this week, watching our president mm-hmm. in Alabama foaming about the NFL. I thought you were talking about Sunil. Then oh, I'm going to get to okay. Sunil in a minute. Then calling out Steph Curry. Uh-huh. And then I was waiting for him to like, attack MLS. Uh-huh. And I realized soccer's only going to be a truly big league American sport when it's screamed about in a political rally on Fox News. Yeah. That's the bar. Only then. When he mocks. When, when, when our president mocks Sunil Galati. Yeah. Or Rob Stone. Yeah. Or Tim Sherwood. <laughs> Only then can we claim to have made it, bigly. Do, yeah. do you agree?
1: He, he, he shouldn't take on Coach Barton. We don't <laughs> want him doing that. Yeah, that's interesting. He's gonna take on Mix Discarude yeah. or The Mixed
0: Disc Mix Discarude twenty twenty campaign. Yeah. Oh, I've got to say when Mix is running on the undercard of Don Garber for yeah. president. Yeah. For US president. garber Garba Yeah, and, and promotion and re- promotion and relegation on is like a rel. core part of the presidential. That's debate. on the platform. Yes. Pro Rel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is a line in the sand for me. That day is when soccer will have made it. At Free VZ (laughs) tweeted us to say, can you imagine what our president will say when he finds out that at Premier League games, they don't even play the American (laughs) national anthem before the game? Which led, I laughed at that. And then I read this, David, from James Lofton. I don't know if you watched the game at Wembley. Yeah. One of the highlights of my weekend, the Wembley game, at which it should be said, producer Jay Dubs realized the Jacksonville Jaguars got, More more home league wins than Tottenham have at Wembley this season. James Lofton, during colour commentary on this game, with real shock and surprise in his voice, said the following.
1: I've had to remind myself when speaking with the locals over here, asking about their football. They do not call it soccer. They call it football. (laughs) And in the papers today, I saw the big headlines about football and kept going through the paper and got to page seven and found this game. I'm impressed it's moved up to page seven. I'm impressed about that. It's astonishing, mate.
0: It's so American exceptionalism. I love you, James Lofton. I do, I do, I do. America first. America first. Talking about America first. How about America last? It's yeah. time for Men in Blazers update. Mm. Our oh, warnings. We had a great show yesterday. You were amazing, David.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much, Rog. Yeah, That's ne- a very nice thing to say. I don't yeah, remember it. On, <laughs> on that At all. Actually, I remember George was on it.
0: Yeah, your son.
1: Yeah, my son George. He's
0: been in the panic
1: room a lot. Yeah, George is convinced he's been on the show. This was his fourth appearance on Men in Blazers. Yeah. He has never been on the show nope. before, but he, for some reason, thinks he's been on the show.
0: Every time he puts on the headphones, he thinks he he's thinks been he's broadcast on the to homes in America. So we just yanked <laughs> him
1: on. By the way, we've convinced you of the same thing. <laughs> Um, but it's a, uh, yeah, he thinks he's been on. He came on, he's apparently had a lot to say, he told me later, but you didn't give him a chance to say it's anything. Strange. my interview technique
0: was not good with George, but he's a gorgeous boy. Sadly, he's not guesting on our next show, October 16th. Yeah. Our guest is, and yes, I can't believe they'd sully themselves with our crap, mm. French football experts an occasional
1: band. Phoenix. Wow, really? Yeah. We F- booked Phoenix. Yeah, they said maybe we'll do it because they love PSG. Are you sure it's the Phoenix? Yes, mate. The French Phoenix.
0: No, it's the entire city from Arizona. <laughs> no, we're going to jam them in the likely. planet. Room. No, it's the French Phoenix. The French Phoenix.
1: Wow, it's good
0: booking. I th- they were like, we'd like to come in, but only if you can promise us that we'll come on after a really big game. And we said... Leicester against West Brom, big one. So we will be on live with Phoenix, 5.30pm, Eastern Time, October the 16th. Leicester-West Brom, Lord of the Flies, Jamie Vardy got the conch. We've got Matt Kuchar content coming this week, haven't we, David?
1: Yeah, we do. Matt Kuchar, we just shot a bunch of stuff for him for uh, NBC Sports. We wanted uh, to talk Golf about in-depth stuff, but he just wanted to talk about going bald. We did talk with him about going bald. We talked with him about the President's Cup. We talked with him about his his sports career. Very good athlete. Played a lot of sports. He was a striker. He a striker. Striker. A really uh, good Dan soccer Winter player. Winter Park, Florida.
0: Yeah, home of Dax McCartney. They would yeah. have been a great one, too, for America against Panama. I'm going to dream about Kucha yeah. leading the line up, tonight. He did
1: play up front. He did play up for front. For glory. We've got yeah.
0: Rabbi Mike Tirico coming into the Panic Room tomorrow. I thought it was a high priest. Um, he's, um, you know, it's between Russian Shana and Yom Kippur, Rabbi yeah. Tirico, Okay, He's going to go full-on President's Cup with us. Yeah. We've got pod specials upcoming, including one of my favourite novelists of the modern period, Booker Prize-nominated Mohsin Hamid. Mm. But bigger than all of this, Davo, EA Sports FIFA 18 drops just in time for Yom Kippur. I've been playing an advanced copy all week, and I can tell you, it is life, my friends. Cue Davo talking about our competition
1: and how you, dear GFOPs, can win a copy. Devo Reed: colon, We'd like to thank all GFOPs <laughs> who have submitted entries to our EA Sports FIFA 19 cover contest in honour of this week's release. As you might recall, because Ronaldo has already claimed this year's cover, we're asking you to take a bite of pie, figure out what's going to happen in the year ahead, and design FIFA 19's cover. You've got to see the future, future, future. Do it on Photoshop, Microsoft Paint, and Easel, however... Send us any and all submissions on social using the hashtag, hashtag #MIBFIFAcover FIFA cover or email meninblazers at gmail.com. We've already received hundreds of submissions. They're amazing. They're Check amazing. out They're our timeline to see some of the early leaders in the clubhouse. The final day for submissions is this Friday. We'll announce the winners on next week's pod. They get a free copy of EA Sports FIFA 18 for the game system of their choice. Can I tell you, we have had hundreds
0: of entries. Yeah. Do you know who is the lead... Most common entry this year. It used to be like Stephen Naismith or yeah. whatever. Do you know who is the most depicted person so far? Wayne Rooney. No. Jamie Vardy. Brad Guzan. Wow. Hundreds of him. Wow. He's so he's just like a life model. You just want to keep drawing. But you,
1: you need him. someone. Beautiful. You need someone with better abs than Ronaldo you got a Goosey. You go Goosey. Yeah. If Cooch isn't available, you go yeah, Goosey. Yeah, it's very, very true. Georgia Tech, you know what I'm talking about. OK, we've got a packed show. We're going to break down Liverpool's 3-2 win over Leicester, a game akin to dropping a Mentos into a Diet Coke. We pry Manchester City off an already dead Crystal Palace after the Sky Blues. It's like a snuff video. Put five past Uncle Boy and co. And we relive a 1-0 Man United win over Southampton that included Mourinho cuddling the fourth official and then being promptly sent... Off, Rog, to the football. Oh, Davo, I want to
0: raise this Guinness to fall. It is true Guinness weather, Davo, but I love fall. It ushers in the re-emergence of my cardigan collection back from the dry cleaners. My tweed is being unleashed from the attic, Davo. Sadly, it's been 90 degrees in New York City. Very, very unfall-like, but I cannot tell you as a little hobbit that loves to be wrapped in wool, and Tweed I have the tingling as I raise this Guinness and say to you to the
1: fall OK Roger. let's get into the football Leicester City 2 Liverpool 3 the Reds took an early 2-0 lead behind a 15th minute Mo Salah header and a 23rd minute curling Coutinho free kick but Shinji Okazaki pulled one back for the Foxes just before halftime, off a corner, taking advantage of some predictably poor Liverpool corner defending. Hendo made it 3-1 early in the second half before the man with the medieval surf spiky features, Jamie Vardy, cut the lead to one again. And in the 73rd minute, Vardy had a chance to Vardy tie it the conch. from the penalty spot. Beers on the coach on the plane. But a Simon Mignolet save gave Liverpool their first win of September in a game with a blood alcohol concentration of at least twice. The legal limit. What a barnstormer, Rog. What a barnstormer, Davo, if you're a neutral.
0: Less so probably for uh, Liverpool fans, Leicester fans, but oh, Liverpool, they're like a Greek mythological god. Their attack, hearth lion, welded onto a defensive lower torso of an ass. I think it would be like, if it was Greek, it would be like a Lovren at all or something I like that. At I, I love Renner
1: all. I love at A-U-R. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, God, Leicester press forward. Or a Chanosaurus.
0: At that Liverpool backline, they had the salivating taut jowls of hunter-predators. And oh, my God, how they buckled, but they held on. And it all started so brightly for Liverpool. Open the scoring on 15 minutes. Mo Salah realised, Ava, he likes to warm up by lulling his opponents into a complete false sense of security. Few players... Few players can miss like easy chances and then a more clinical on the seemingly impossible. He missed a wide open goal on yeah. 30 minutes and then within 120
1: seconds. This was not a kind of Mo Salah goal that you'd think of when you think of a Mo Salah goal. How tall does he list himself as? He says five foot nine. I, phew. I don't know about that. He looks very, very small. He wears lifts. He does. He does wear like lifts. Like Arcanta. Arcanta wears he, lifts. He almost had rocket boots. He uh, latches onto a cross to the fast stick. Coutinho. It was it. more
0: like a, oh, it's like a Chris Sale slider. And he
1: gets it at the back stick and nods it in. Geometry defying
0: Geometry <laughs> defying I I, He's like, ever more looks like that intro to philosophy teaching assistant and a mediocre liberal arts college. And I watch Mo Salah and I do wonder, Dave, how can the same mind commit both of those acts? missing the open goal and then computing the acute angle through which he could slip the ball past a completely befuddled Schmeichel in the post how does how does one man sublime slapstick sublime slapstick how does that happen
1: i'm looking at him right now rod across the microphone you're you're <laughs> a, you're you're a living breathing <laughs> example of the sublime to the slapstick
0: oh, i wish i wish i had an en- of Mo Salah's ability. It, the only player I've seen like him is like Chuck Knobloch. He's the Chuck Knobloch of the Premier League. Salah, many
1: people are saying that.
0: Salah can do it all. Yeah. You just don't ask him to hit an open goal or throw from second to first. He's got the full-on Egyptian yips. By the way, we looked at Wikipedia for Chuck Knobloch. Did you know Chuck Knobloch Yeah. once threw the ball from second to first, missed, and hit Keith Oberman's mum in the head? Wow. And when I hear that story, David... I, I believe Chuck Noblett knew exactly what he was doing with this throwing. He just wanted to send a warning to Keith. Stick to sports, mate.
1: It's very obvious, sports Stenially. psychology. You see a lot of times, there are, you know, amongst amateurs, certainly, you see, you know, in golf, people are able to hit the impossible shot, but they can't hit the simple one. You know, in tennis, there are often there are people who do the difficult things well and, and the easy things they don't do well, and it's about pressure. Is There's more pressure on you to do something simple than there is when the chances are that you're not going to make a shot. It's almost the pressure's off <sighs> you. So he plays better with the pressure off him.
0: I can't do the easy thing. I can't do the hard thing. I can do the token gestures. <laughs> you're good at token <laughs> gestures. That's good. That's nice. Coutinho, the pleasantries. Catinho doubled yeah. the lead. Mm-hmm. Oh, flinging that ball over the transparent Leicester wall like it was drugs on a Zeta cartel
1: catapult. Yeah, Liverpool fans, certainly my mates who are Liverpool fans, are very casual about how little Philippe Coutinho really matters to them now and how easy it will be to play without him when he goes away but Coutinho does continue to score these goals you can't at crucial times you can't imagine anybody else scoring into the side netting that's worth an extra half a goal for me oh, the Liverpool branch of my family they're all yeah. like
0: oh we know you never wanted to leave us really Philippe you little magician they've like yeah. persuaded himself that he loves the team like they as yeah. fans love the team yeah oh, at that moment watching the game you're like game over Jurgen Klopp, management genius, all is well in peasant life all over again. But then Liverpool sat back, seeded the ball to Leicester, control of the game went with it. And Liverpool, David, they either can't defend this season or only defend by attacking and preventing their opponents from getting near their goal, depending on who you ask. Because every corner this season against Liverpool's back line, it feels like a penalty kick. And so it was on the edge of half-time. Leicester found a way back into the game. Comedy, Benny Hill, slapstick defending.
1: To be fair, though, there aren't many uh, central defensive partnerships in the Premier League who can who can mark Shinji Okazaki from a corner. The king of the armbar. Yeah, exactly. Very, very large physical presence in there in the middle of the area. I mean, Liverpool fans howled. Shinji did
0: have minule in a UFC armbar. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he was left to commit violence on the Liverpool goalkeeper, it's essentially as inexcusable defensive lapse as failing to box out from a free throw in the NBA and it ended as it so often does with Liverpool an embarrassed Mignolet in a heap on the floor the most Liverpool way to give up a goal Liverpool then responded stunning artful counter 3-on-2 finished by Jordan Henderson cultured finish Jordan? Jordan
1: Jordan sounds
0: better than you know he's such a beige human being such a beige I'd like to Mm. Jordan
1: Jordan Genderson.
0: Yes, yeah, it's not. It's not Jordan. Genderson. That's Jordan. a very good
1: Brazilian name.
0: Oh, and then again, you say surely Jurgen Klopp would learn his lesson, shut the game down now, right, Davey?
1: Yeah. What did that lead last? Ninety-one seconds, well, mate. Still a lead, but Liverpool fans'
0: sphincters contracted again.
1: Yeah, Leicester go down the other end. Jamie Vardy nods it home.
0: Yeah, a man who feasts on defensive doubt as if they were vodka tonics. <laughs> Guzzle them. And Liverpool fans are synapsing at this point. Pitchforks are being purchased online from Home Depot, pre-sharpened. It gets worse. Leicester have a chance to tie the game up. Vardy charges Goldwoods again. Mignolet brings the feral rat boy down. Could have been a red. Leicester relieved it was just a yellow for Mignolet so he could stay on the field. But then Vardy, what does he do with the penalty?
1: Well, he puts a lot into it, but he hits it a little bit too close to uh, Mignolet.
0: Huge moment of redemption. As LeBron would say, sometimes you bum someone Mignolet, sometimes you hero. Seven of his last 15 penalties he's now saved, and his team Liverpool more vulnerable to corners this season than they are to penalty kicks. We'll say for Leicester, quietly off to the worst start in Premier League history for them. The pieces are there, but the points are not. But huge relief for Jurgen Klopp at that final whistle. Just the very beginning of the flickering flames of Liverpool fan frustration, he stamped them out temporarily with those three points should they be stamped out though Davey? Because the flaws that have led to drop points, all too much still in evidence, lack of squad depth to engage in the dual fronts of domestic and Champions League football and kind of borderline criminally negligent backline tactics with no ability to shut the game down
1: Yeah and I think especially you know, there's been this, this feeling that oh, there just aren't enough quality defenders to bring in you know from world football it's too expensive but you know, there are a lot of very good defenders who've come into Jags, the Premier we'll League. We'll Yeah, there's been a lot of other very good defenders who've come into the Premier League uh, this year. We're like speaking. Me you know, we'll speak later about you know Rudiger, Zappacosta, some very, very good defensive bargains uh, to be had out there, and Liverpool have had none
0: of them. You know, when I watch this Liverpool team play, Dave, and I do adore watching them, I should say, they remind me. Do you remember the great Newcastle entertainer side of ninety-five, ninety-six? Oh, 96? I love that team. I just made a documentary about Newcastle that's online on NBC Sports. And I had to cover that team again, watching iconic manager Kevin Keegan, who would field eight attackers at times with that team. He never worried about defending. He just tried to outscore all comers. And it almost, it almost, it almost worked for them. And I feel for Liverpool fans, because every game this season is just going to be rife with emotion. It's going to be scintillating, It's going to be humiliating at times. Your jaw is going to be agog with wonder. It's going to be aghast in horror. With Jurgen Klopp, there's going to be nothing in between those two kind of sets of frantic, fervent
1: emotions. Talk about an offensive powerhouse, Rog. Man City 5, Crystal Palace nil. Mm. Clinical, cold-blooded, robotic city put a bulldozer's worth of dirt on still winless and goalless (laughs) Crystal Palace's grave. Goals from Leroy Sané. Sergio Aguero, Fabian Delph, and two from Raz, Raj keep City atop the table.
0: Stop it. He's already dead. <laughs> oh, The most scintillating performance of the week. City were savage. They even rested Gabriel Jesus, mm-hmm. and they just used and abused poor, sullied, soiled Crystal Palace. I mean, once Leroy Sané opened the scoring in Judge Ivor Bennett time, stroke a half time, it was floodgates. That man... Five goals from just six shots on target this season. Sané, not Jurjiva. A symbol of Manchester City's depth to me. I mean, he would be... How many teams would Sané be the focal point and the star on? 17 of them. Yeah, I, ca- I counted. I would count 16. Uh-huh. 17, you can make the case. Yet, yeah, he's got a scrap for playing time in this City galaxy. And the rest of this game, like watching a National Geographic documentary, which a vault of vultures feast on the carcass of a long-dead buffalo on a distant savannah. Robot vultures, it should be said. City's clinical, whirring team play seemed to be as if Pep had created them artificial intelligence style like old Tony Hopkins in Westworld. Raz's glitchy finishing clearly been reprogrammed over the summer. What was astonishing, Dave? this Palace team was set to defend deep It was meant to do one thing and one thing only, not score bloody goals. Palace don't do that. They were just meant to defend, defend, defend. They still scored five
1: times. Well, look, for 44 minutes in the first half, Palace held them at bay. I don't quite know how, but they did. In fact, Palace had a couple of chances themselves. Um, You know, the kid, RLC, hit the post. For them, for Palace this season, hitting the post, (laughs) they should sort of get something for that. They should get like half a goal or something. And they held them at bay. And then, as you said, Judge Ivor Bennett time, uh, City scored. And that just unleashed the floodgates. Just felt that at that point, Palace's shaky sense of belief, perhaps even self-worth, um, just completely and utterly <sighs> disappeared. And they were
0: just taken apart. Yeah, I mean, genuphobics have a fear of the knees. Globophobes are afraid of balloons. Yeah. I think English dotard Rory Hodgson, mm. I think his team, I believe, medically, are afraid of scoring goals.
1: Today. I thought you were going to say afraid of football.
0: Same, same thing. I mean, Palace fans listening, listen to me. Remember, it's not about the winning. It's not about the losing. It's not even about the goals you score. They don't matter. Football is all about watching Roy Hodgson's exhumed corpse (laughs) decompose in front of your eyes week to week. That's the fun, right? And in better news, (laughs) in better news, God, your team, celebrate, celebrate your team tonight. Fresh news they played behind closed doors, a friendly to build their confidence. They played non league Bromley Town tonight. Oh, Bromley. Mike used to live in Bromley. And they won 2 1, Dave. Oh, they, they eked
1: out a victory <laughs> they, against Bromley. They've
0: done score some goals. Oh. That is going to send them into games coming up against United and Chelsea with just. They're going to be oh, as if they're on with
1: Dragonglass. Oh. City. Don't disrespect Bromley Town, Rog. That's a future powerhouse (laughs) of world football. Are
0: you telling me within like three years I've been making a documentary, Bromley Town? FC Bromley. In the big time of the Premier League. Bromley. Davo saw it coming. Yeah. Ah, City, six consecutive matches, one in all comps, 24 goals scored. Is it, Davo, still like watching Corporate
1: Robots for you? The one thing that's making me like City a bit more this season is they do look like they're having fun. There are points last season when they were demolishing teams where it just felt like 11 individuals not very happy playing football. They do look like they're having fun now.
0: Ball David Silva, my spirit animal. Oh, and KDB, there's no player a saver more in the Premier League right now than that King Ginge. He's a Bruegel. I mean, we can safely say we don't like to jump to conclusions, do we? But we can safely say they're better than they were last season.
1: Yeah, I think they're definitely better than they were last season.
0: (sighs) Team play, individualism, elite individualism, fused into collectivity. They move forward, I think, with more pace, more clinicality. They've got a goalkeeper who, you know, uses his hands now and again. They can create from fullback. Moves well. But I've got to say, those centre-backs, Davo, up the gut, they make me believe this team are not invincible. And this is a leading conversation because you know who they play next weekend
1: Chelsea it's gonna be a good football game
0: it's gonna be a great football game mate yeah Conte
1: yeah the
0: great tactician probably even now looking for that weakness in City's tactical makeup the small opening that can tear them up like Mm. a thermal exhaust port on the impregnable Death Star and I believe that thermal port is around Ottomendi David that soft spot he's gonna find that City vulnerability and find his attack pack of Willian, Pedro, maybe Murata go at pace, particularly on the counter. I think Chelsea are
1: going to do it. Southampton nil, Man United won a hit and run from Mourinho's men, who scored in the 20th minute. Romelu Lukaku, Rog, your favourite, who else? United proceeded to batten down the hatches and kept the clean sheet, despite staying level on points with City and having their best start to the season since 2011. Some people, Rog, not us, but other people, lamenting Mourinho's sideline antics as much as his tactics. This was a different Mourinho sending off, though.
0: Oh, we'll get to that in a minute, Dave. But the the, the United performance, a very different kind of United performance, an escape with victory kind of United again, straight out the Mourinho playbook. Southampton actually outshot United in this game. This was pragmatic United rather than the entertaining razzle-dazzle. The only goal, a Lukaku special, where he whacks the ball off the goalkeeper and then grabs his own rebound. He's the Ben Wallace of the Premier League. Six goals, six games, averaging 20 offensive boards a game. That man scores like I self-loathe, pretty well all the time. Q United fans singing the Lukaku song they've been begged not to sing on account of the crude racial stereotypes it contains, followed by the chant of, We're Man United, we'll sing what we want. But without Pogba, United, lack drive, truly hanging on the ropes in the dying embers of the game, Q Mourinho with his latest dark arts innovation.
1: Yeah, this was an odd one. Uh, he, just, he just went onto the field. We said on a TV show that he sprinted onto the field. He didn't really sprint onto the field. He just sort of lunged onto the field, and it wasn't clear to me whether he was very upset with Tony V or whether he was just trying to get in the way of the Southampton winger who was bringing the ball upfield. You have a more sophisticated theory of what happened.
0: Well, it was like if you watch the NFL where one of the assistant coaches kind of ran onto the field slightly to trip a, uh, a wide receiver who was charging down the flank. He mm. ran onto the plate. Southampton in the dying embers had all of the momentum. United were absolutely flailing. And I think he wanted to get himself sent off just to kill time, run down the clock His team team under siege. Once he was sent off, he just milked it. He walked all the way up and down the Southampton bench, shaking hands with every player, kind of bemused, smirking players who knew they were on camera, watching this odd kind of Sun Tzu, Art of War move by Mourinho. GFOP Carl Leonard noted that Ohio State Defensive Coordinator, Greg Schiano, an emotive man who kind of loses sense of where he is on the sideline, he's got his own personal get-back coach, Who follows him everywhere on the sideline to make sure he doesn't accidentally encroach on the field? So, Jose, I know you're listening. You need a get back coach. Everyone needs a get back coach, right, David? You need one now. Yes, you
1: could get Lady Physio back.
0: What does your dad do? He's a get back coach.
1: Yeah. God, America. Yeah, absolutely. Jobs, jobs, jobs. Uh, Stoke nil, Chelsea four, a hat trick for Tiger beat Coverboy Alvaro Morata and a goal you from would, Pedro though, I would and a goal from Pedro help Antonio Conte hit his 10,000 steps for the day in goal <laughs> celebrations alone Chelsea stages <laughs> three points behind the Manchester teams they haven't lost since opening day against Birdley. stroll for Chelsea getting to Stoke team who'd already taken points off
0: Arsenal and Manchester United at home this one a close tense affair for all of 83 seconds until Alvaro Morata, who looks a bit like Davo with hair, just bared in on goal, <laughs> shocking Jack Butland by not getting onto his knees and heading the ball home. He used his feet,
1: Davo. He
0: can. He's got new skills. Hat trick with his footsies.
1: Yeah, Morata scored goals in this game that I found myself as a Chelsea fan thinking Diego couldn't have scored that. For the first time, he's scoring goals particularly the one later when he's accelerated through oh. a few defenders. And, and the delicate finish yeah, of delicate a sensitive finish. lover. It's like, for oh, that was, you know, Costa would have lost that in possession. He's starting to do some things that are very impressive. And it's just his effort and his movement for the, entire, for the entire game. He's hard not to enjoy watching. He's hard not to love. Yeah, I mean, My daughters are loving watching Chelsea this season. Well,
0: I'm enjoying yeah. watching him this season. Goals, the handsome face of the team. Gives his shirt afterwards to the Chelsea faithful, who clearly adore him. None of the negative baggage of past strikers. By the way, Diego wasn't really in the team to score goals, though. He was in the team to eat the livers of still-alive defenders that (laughs) surrounded him with a nice glass of Chianti. But Antonio Conte summed up who Morata is. And by the way, I loved Morata's post-match comments rather than bask in the handsome hat-trick glory. He ruminated out loud on a pair of chances he missed. Antonio Conte said this week, He's the man you want your daughter to marry.
1: Oh, it's definitely the Devo thinks that. Not
0: the man you want your daughter to marry, Diego Costa. He departs. Watching Chelsea fans fall in love with their new goal hero, which must be emotionally quite motivating, returns to Atletico Madrid for $77 million this week, which means Chelsea have banked nearly $670 million by selling players they no longer need since January Two thousand, amazing 2000. business. It's podcast money, mate. It's podcast money. Amazing business. Diego Costa Davo eulogize the man.
1: Um, yeah. Look, Chelsea fans do like Morata. Doesn't mean we don't appreciate Diego Costa. You know, his name was sung at Stamford Bridge. His name was sung on the road. Phenomenal player. He was a battering ram of a forward. Roger. he's like an NFL running back. He softens up the defense and softened up the defense for everybody else. He makes everybody just think about him the whole time. Uh, playing mind games, physical games, argy bargy,
0: bib throwing in things. his own way,
1: just like Morata, who constantly runs, constantly makes the run, constantly creates space, constantly creates doubt for central defenders. Costa did the same thing in his own way, but just didn't 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 work quite as hard the entire time. But look, he was a phenomenal Premier League striker. His goal scoring record in the Premier League is phenomenal. Very few strikers have 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 done that well, scored that many goals in so few games. And I think he's returning to Atletico Madrid, an amazing deal for Chelsea. My God, how did they get that much money? Uh, but he returns to Atletico Madrid and he'll still be very, very, very good for them. I can't
0: wait for the narco Season 7 when Agent Pena dedicates a year of his life to trying to capture uh, Diego Costa in the wild. I'll say Diego Costa, physically gifted, athletic, peerless villain. When he was on the field, you could not take your eyes off that man. He's like a great wrestling heel, like a Randy Savage or an Iron Sheep. He vamped for the crowd. He violated defences and our sense of moral decency in equal measure. I think Billy Zane will play him in the movie. Hmm. I became quite fond of his antics, And and the Premier League will miss him. The Premier League will be all the thinner for his absence. And Davo, I will miss him.
1: Yeah. No, definitely Men in Blazers show is gonna miss him a lot. On a Morata, it's tough to like say anything negative. It's just difficult. I'm sure we'll find something. It's too perfect. I know, but it's, it's like a, one of those job interviews. What what's your weakness? Yeah.
0: I'm just too I work too hard. I'm well no, too that's perfect. what he says. I missed the yeah, two looking. chances
1: I, I I could have made. <laughs> Chelsea there, Roger say, uh, impressive. Certain players, Rudiger, my God, he's starting to really impress me. Dave just seems to have elevated his game yet another level offensively. He's just Throwing in so many balls uh, for goals, getting so many assists right now. Chelsea playing very, very good football. Uh, we'll have to see if they can keep pace with the Manchesters. Uh, another team playing good football, suddenly. West rog, Brom. No, Arsenal. Uh, they beat West Brom 2-0. Arsenal Wenger's side repel the baggies from the Emirates, courtesy of a brace from Alexandre Lagazette. The win moves Arsenal to seventh in the table. They have four wins and a draw in their last five games in all competitions. They've not given up a league goal since that 4-0 pollaxing at Liverpool.
0: The confidence is building at the Emirates. And this was a fine win against a curiously ambitious attacking Tony Poulis side. Mm. His players, Davo, they actually entered Arsenal's box and were subsequently fouled, only to be denied a stone-cold penalty, a reality which I'm sure Poulis will see as living proof that he should never again empower his players to cross the bloody halfway line. Nothing good can ever come of it in his Mm -hmm. mind. Arsenal, they did. They bent, but they didn't break, which is new. Lacazette netted twice. The first, a header, like a Kristaps Porzingis put back dunk after Alexis, back in the starting lineup, hit wow. the bar with a nipple tingler of a free kick. And then the Frenchman would add a second via a soft penalty. But you, what do you make of Arsenal, David? Curious. It's extra essential so August and then a strong September. Two wins. And that ballad worthy draw with Chelsea.
1: It's just hard. It's hard to figure this team. Yeah, they are playing. The one thing I like about what they're doing right now, they are playing with a bit of muscle, playing with a bit of, you know, hard-hitting internal swagger. I like that. They, I think they've they, been using the shake weight in the Arsenal Yeah, Yeah, know, I, I, I like the core is strong, uh, Rog. Core recognises still, still hard to imagine that they haven't shaken off sort of phew, everything, which they were displaying again at the beginning of this season when everybody was calling for Wenger's head again. So it's just hard. It's tough to know. Uh, we've got to see a few more games. We've, we've got gonna to see, see... We're gonna see them through in October. That yeah. is their psychological yes.
0: reckoning. I will say, second week on the run, though, a counter-narrative Arsenal. They did what you said, had the muscle. They had the confidence and the luck mm. to outwit, outplay, outlast West Brom. And reveal themselves for what I believe they truly
1: are—an
0: mm. above-average, mid-table Europa League place-threatening team. Well, wow. go for it, Arsenal. Live your dreams. <laughs>
1: that was—that was you doing to them what I do to you when we talk about Everton. <laughs> uh West Ham two, Tottenham three. A nervier than it needed to be win for Spurs. Two first-half goals for Harry Kane. He loves a London derby, Roger, and a third from Christian Eriksen in the 60th minute. Had Tottenham cruising. But Chicharito pulled one back on 65 minutes and bum time started to get a little squeaky. Five minutes after that, former PSG (laughs) man Serge, steamed in on Andy Carroll and received a red card. Bubbles of hope. Then in the 87th minute, uh, Cheku Kuyate reduced Tottenham's lead to just one, but 10-man Spurs hung on. They win their third consecutive away game to start a season for the first time since 1991. And they, they put to bed that albatross, uh rog that was uh playing at london stadium they had that terrible loss there uh, coming in at the end of last season that sort of ended their title hopes oh, david a bit nervy down the stretch as you say sometimes
0: i think spurs don't know that you can actually get on our men in blazers show without doing kind of crazy self sabotaging behavior um but god west ham almost at the end made it feel like a proper london derby for that last 10 minutes But we've got to applaud one man, one man only, David. Squadron leader, Harry Kane. Open the scoring with this oddly stiff but clinical, effective diving header. Second goal would follow 221 seconds later. Like a cuckoo delights in telling us it's spring, or our friend the groundhog informs us when winter ends, a Kane thrives on reminding us that August is over, Davo. 25th Premier League goal of 2017, despite taking the whole of August off. It's astonishing to watch him constantly be written off, because he's English mostly, and overcome it time and time again.
1: He's getting better, Rog. This is what I was struck by in this game. He's getting better. He's scoring goals, which I can only describe as continental. He's oh, scoring continental praise. football the goals. These are, not, these are not goals from the island of Britain. These are goals from the continent of Europe. He's, I mean, look, maybe this is, I'm just seeing through those glasses. It's so obvious he's going to Real Madrid or Barcelona or PSG. He's gonna go to a big European side. And so these are just the last time. It's like Gareth Bale, these are the last few times, honestly, that we're gonna see him uh, playing in the Premier League in a Tottenham shirt. So uh, let's enjoy it while it lasts. Oh, maybe the rest of this movement. season, maybe one more season after that, but th- he's going to go to a big it's European so club. It's
0: so true, David. I, mean, I, I uh, Pochettino, post-game, he said, I am in love with Harry Kane, like the fans are in love, and his teammates are in love with him, not only because he scores goals, but because how he is. Professional, humble, a very good example in football today of being like this. He keeps all the values that managers like me appreciate a lot, and that is... It's why I am in love with him. A lot of love there, and he's not the only one to be in love. We have called this man, Real Madrid's Harry Kane, from the very, very outset, from almost the first goal that he scored. But the numbers he's putting up, David, they are Lewandowski numbers, they are Cavani numbers, and the bigger teams up in the footballing food chain will be coming in for reals next year.
1: I'm part of a group chat um, on WhatsApp and one of the people on that group chat is his agent and you just just see the uh, messages that get posted <laughs> during to the games when he's playing. I mean, you can just feel his price going up and up and up and up and up and up and up. Bromley coming in with a bid for him. Yeah, we'll see. Going big time. Uh, yeah, Bromley coming in for bid. The entire town of Bromley. <laughs> uh, Brighton 1, Newcastle nil. The Seagulls get their second win of the season behind a 51st-minute goal from Israeli international Raj Tomer Hamed, oh. a player who may now miss as many as three games after being charged with violent conduct for what looked to be a stamp on DeAndre Yedlin's leg in the game's dying embers. How are you processing this, Rog? Oh, let's focus
0: on the goal, David. Yeah. Come in as it did between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. <laughs> God bless you too, Mohammed. Beautiful man. I will say when he stamped on our fine American yeah. DeAndre Yedlin. Ah, mate,
1: a GFOP, Rog. A
0: great friend of the pod. Yeah. I'll say it was a real tug. Between my adopted homeland Uh and my faith, which has sustained my people (laughs) for many generations. I'm going to process that one day. I I can look at your your face, I can
1: see you're struggling with
0: it. How do you think? I think DeAndre Yedlin has some mosaic... Um, uh-huh. background uh-huh. in his heritage I'm sure it was equally confusing for him
1: mm-hmm. but
0: I'll say some woeful Newcastle did he put fin-
1: his leg right underneath the stamp was it, was it actually Yedlin's fault
0: like Abraham and Isaac he <laughs> <Yeah>. sacrificed <laughs> me some woeful Newcastle <laughs> finishing in this one oh, nice guy manager though Chris Houghton. must have been gorgeous for him to avenge his harsh firing for Newcastle with that Premier League win precious for Brighton come on the
1: Seagulls I love you Doc I just can't believe you paid attention in school. Swansea 1, Watford 2, goals from the Orns, Andre Gray and the Swans' Tammy Abraham had the game heading for a draw, but in the 90th minute, a saviour arose. His name? Richarlison. The Brazilian thundered a shot past Lucas Fabianski. El Fab to give Watford its third win of the season. Oh, They are a delight this season. They are my guilty
0: pleasure. Into sixth place. What, Watford? And the right way there. Yeah, Watford. Yeah. Because you know why, David.
1: Yeah, They're why? They're playing
0: football the right way. Oh. Brave, oh. organised, attacking football. Yeah. We'll say Richarlison's nipples when he takes his shirt off doesn't you, hurt the knee You enjoy either.
1: that. And Marco Silva, mm.
0: God, that man, he's a future Spurs
1: manager in the making. Yeah, Swansea, a slightly worrying result for Swansea.
0: On the By the way, on the day that a huge package arrives at the Panic Room from Swansea City with our Alfie Mawson jerseys, mm. they sent you a Tammy Abraham one.
1: Oh, that's nice. I love that. <sighs> 2-1 they lost. Burnley nil, <laughs> Huddersfield nil a game that looked like a 1970s English football period piece. A little less mud. To their credit, both teams still in the top half of the table. Everton 2, Bournemouth 1, Roger. Read it again. Dave-o. Everton 2, come from behind. Bournemouth 1, your beloved Blues, beat one of the two teams below them in the table. Well done. And emerged from the drop zone. Well done. With a new saviour, striker Omar Nias. After coming on with Everton, trailing 1-0 in the 55th minute, the man who old big head Ronnie Koeman (laughs) banished to (laughs) Hull on loan last season, scored in the 77th and... The 82nd minutes, he gives Everton their second win of the season, Rod. Oh, can I just say, the emotions of a
0: lifetime stuffed into 90 minutes. You weren't numb. Usually what? you're numb. It was a complicated... It numbness. Was, it was... Do, you want, do you want, Should we talk yeah, about yeah, come it? Yeah, yeah, go on. Take us, take us back. Take I us through. I will say, it. I didn't enjoy watching a cumbersome Everton just struggle. Shoehorning three big money number tens, Dabby mm. Klassen. Giffy Sigurdsson and a bloodied of face Wayne Rooney into the starting lineup we were slow we were unmotivated what kind of words were you shouting at the television you know what I've stopped shouting, which is probably... I've never been like this before. I've stopped the shouting. There was just no game plan, so there was no hope. There was no point in shouting. There was no no point even in moving to my lucky chair when we weren't doing well. No point. So, sort of numb. You were sort of numb. At Randy Howser tweeted and got it. He said, what kind of team is this? Counter-attacking? Possession? Long ball? They're just 11 guys in the same colour clothes. (laughs) And then Josh King raced through the gut of our vaunted backline, lashed the ball home, I may or may not have started sobbing, David. Yeah. But I was watching the game with my seven-year-old, my youngest, Mm -hmm. Ozzy. And he turned to me and said, stoically, he just turned to me and he said, good. I said, what do you mean, seven-year-old Ozzy? As I like wiped the the snot from my nostrils. And he said, "Cooman will be fired now.
1: Oh, wow.
0: I'm like, mate, you're seven. You're not meant to think like that. Football's meant to be about... Optimism, big dreams, unicorns, and Stevie Naysmiths. It's about make believe.
1: It's not hard, cold, real politic.
0: Where does he get that yeah. from?
1: That's so interesting. But he does understand the Premier League. It's funny. I got a <gasps> I woke up this morning to a text from one of my best mates, and Brucey. And Brucey he was like, "God, I wish the NFL were like the Premier League. If it was, Mcadoo would have been fired by now." <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I think Brucey and uh, and Aussie have been hanging out a lot. It's, it's likely. It's likely. <laughs> On fifty five minutes, though, Davey. Edge of doom, Kuman rings in the changes, bringing on Spark Club, Tom Davis, and out no of relation. exile, Omar Nias. Yeah, Omar Nias. You've always liked Omar Nias. He did make my toga team yeah. this week. He's made my toga team for the past 180 weeks to know of hell. but on this day, Dave, a man who suffered in a footballing desert like Hagar and Ishmael, He arrived. Let's go back to that again. He arrived under Roberto Martinez for 18 million from Locomotive Moscow. Everyone was like, who the hell is this? For how much? 18 million. Wow. He played. Back when 18 million was really 18 million. A couple of subs performances where Uh he seemed to lack fitness, first touch, confidence, and probably footballing ability. Uh Ronnie Koeman arrives. Yeah. And he chose him. You know how managers do to to, to mark the symbol of your new Uh, regime? yeah. And he walked in, and he just humiliated Nias. He seemed to delight in it. He stripped him of his squad number, denied him a locker at the training ground. Nias had to like change in his car, forced him to train with the youth team. Worse, banished him to Hull. Even this season, he's not provided him with an official tailored club suit. The guy's walking around in sweatpants. And through it all, Nias has just operated with good grace, nobility, through shame. He's waited, waited a year and a half for his chance. Mm. The Jura Mormon of the Premier League. I mean, Everton fans, by the way, have embraced him as a cult figure. I mean, our favourite football heroes tend to be anti-heroes. Mm. And here, David, he came on. Everton had not scored for 380 minutes. And
1: what does he do? <sighs> Puts it in the back of the net, Rog. Twice. Yeah. Lashes it. Lashes. At
0: Bill Reap One tweeted me, the exile has saved the banisher. (laughs) And to watch this man, Nias, charge towards just a delirious, desperate, ecstatic Everton fan base with the beaming smile of a man experiencing profound human redemption, joy, validation, relief. Proof, David, I don't like to read too much in it, but clearly proof tenacity. In the face of humiliation, fighting, fighting, fighting for your belief in yourself, Davo, that will be rewarded in life. At RPM 164 said, Nias should have gone and done a knee slide right in front of Kuman.
1: You are clearly team Nias and not team Kuman at this point. Yeah,
0: I mean, the man 12 months ago publicly stated that the Senegalese had no future at the club. And then when he is literally about to have. His regime upended. Who does he send on to save him? It's an amazingly poetic, almost a ripped from kind of mythology. Thomas it's Hardy, The Wanderer's Journey. Yes, yeah. Nias the obscure. Yeah, but with a happier ending. Carsterville FC. Do you know Nias is now Everton's joint top scorer this season? Wow, and he's only played fifty-nine of the one thousand and eighty minutes that wow. Blues have stumbled through. I emailed with Roberto Martinez this weekend. You yeah, mate. Because he must have savoured that moment, David.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not only Nias changing the game, but Tom Davis too, his young charge, key in both goals, as we discovered that Ronald Koeman, like Alicia Silverstone in Clueless, desperately needing a striker like she wants crave true love, completely unaware that Nias poor bloody Rudd, was living right under their
1: noses at home
0: all this time.
1: It's all going to be okay. It is, Rog. You did have Omar Nias in your Toga team last week, yeah. But then you took him out last minute, <laughs> which you failed to mention. Uh, if you kept him in, you might have been a bit closer to this week's winner, who is a boy in a stitch. His Chelsea-laden squad racked up 217 and a half points. A special patch is on the way. We're closing in on 16,000 GFOPs in our tugger league. Sign up info is on meninblazers.com. Togger is life. Okay, Rog in MLS. <laughs> Toronto FC will have to wait another week to try and become the first ever Canadian club to lift the supporters shield after falling 2-1 at New England. And their nearest pursuers, NYC FC, drew 1-1 with Houston to clinch their second straight playoff berth. Meanwhile, Rog, the US Open Cup, we love that, is heading back to Kansas City where it can be filled with Oklahoma Joe's original barbecue sauce. Mm. No endorsement implied. Sporting Kansas City beat New York Red Bulls 2-1 last Wednesday to claim their fourth Open Cup in club history and third in the last six years.
0: Oh, I don't understand why the US Open Cup is not bigger, David.
1: Yeah. I mean, the profile of that thing
0: should be epic. The wide open field, the history that flows through its veins. Mazel Tov, Sporn Casey, KC, your seventh trophy in your cabinet, third most... Behind Bruce Arena, bless DC United and LA Galaxy. I'll say the highlight for me, another Atlanta home game, another huge crowd, another big result, 2-0 over Montreal. 11 straight unbeaten at home for the Southeastern Wonders. Though playmaker Miguel Almiron, the heartbeat of that team, now out for three weeks with a hamstring pull. And worst news, Atlanta fans, there's talk
1: I might be headed out to your city soon. No. Which is big if true. It's now time for our Guinness poet, philosopher, sack of scribe, Raven of the Week, Rog. Yeah, and we did something a bit different this week, Dave. What we, did we do? Well, what, what did what we do?
0: Manchester City. We mm-hmm. adored the fifth goal. Yeah. Oh, the pick of the goals, arguably, just before the final whistle in garbage time. Yeah. Fabian Delph, Fabian, the Delph yeah. on the shelf. English player, foreign name. Oh, true Wolf Blitzer of a shot from distance. Absolutely stunning. And then he celebrated with fellow balds, New bald, David Silva, old bald. Fernandinho, three happy sweaty balds on our screens, which led us to ask Merriam-Webster, we know you're listening to this pod. You've got so many great collective nouns, a shrewdness of apes, an obstinacy of buffaloes, a murder of ravens. How do you not have a collective noun for balds? Mm. And we asked you on our Men in Blazers live television show, Children of America, to supply one, and you did. We had hundreds of great ideas, David, and we're going to give the Guinness Poet
1: Philosopher Scribe Patch to one of the winners. Here's entries that didn't make it. Uh, at Perfect Speller, the proper term is a beefcake of balls. Uh, <laughs> from at PW is Tucker 1. A radiance of balls. Oh, I like that. Perhaps it's from the heat that radiates oh. uh, from the heat. And then from at Asda Bag, a knob of balls. <laughs> i was thinking perhaps a Rogaine of balds, oh, a Propecia of balds. Other
0: hair transplant
1: uh, properties are available. A spam of balds.
0: It sounds like you're already jumping ahead to your Emporium pick yep. of the week. I actually like a throbbing of balds, yep. but I'm going to give the patch, Davey mm. to the wonderfully aristocratic-sounded George Noble III.
1: Oh, we love George Noble III. Who
0: emailed in to suggest what I think is the winner. A pep of balds. A pep of balds. It is. It's a pep of balds. It is a pep of balds, isn't yeah. it? Can somebody please add this to Wikipedia so it's officially official? Get it on Wikipedia. It's a pep. Pep of balls.
1: Okay, uh, Rog, your weekend looks like this. Hopefully a few more uh, peps of balls. It starts at 7.30am Eastern time on NBCSN with Huddersfield versus Tottenham. Then at 12.30 that afternoon, third place Chelsea hosts top of the table Man City. And Sunday, it's a Premier League triple header on NBCSN. Cue graphics. Starting with Arsenal versus Brighton at 7am. Come
0: on the seagulls!
1: There are many ways to connect to us. One is through our Amazon Emporium which helps keep the show going. Anytime you go on Amazon for items big or small just click off the Emporium page and Men in Blazers gets a tiny percentage that allows us to cover the cost of creating the show back when they used to have the partner programme at Amazon. Which and we they don't We actually got that revenue but we don't want to change the copy.
0: Yeah, we don't want to change the copy. We only got 12 cents off that whole seven years ooh, of Amazoning.
1: Oh, that's kept the show going. Thank you very what? much, Bezos. Thanks for our one biscuit. Um... <sighs> Rog, what are you putting in the Emporium this week? A book. Mm. Reunion by yeah.
0: Fred Ullman. Mm. GFOP, Andrew Luck, he's got a book podcast. And because he's like Indianapolis culting, he's asked me to guest host. I did tell him I would actually play quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts, he said no. <laughs> yeah. do my podcast. I'm actually taping it tomorrow with Rich Cohen. I would, th-
1: I would pay so much money to see that. You would? Yeah, to I'd you, love... you quarterback.
0: I think I'd, I'd probably, I'd, I'd be one of those guys that rushes a lot backwards towards my (laughs) own end zone, leaving a little brown trail (laughs) behind me. Turtling. (laughs) Rich Cohen. (laughs) What's that? Turtlehead. Do you have that in London? What? Turtlehead. No. It's when you really need to go to the bathroom very badly. In Liverpool, you would be like, oh, mate, I've got to go. I've got turtlehead. Yeah, we also have toilets inside our houses. You do? God, you guys. Yeah. Technology is so advanced up south. Mm. I'm taping the podcast tomorrow with Rich Cohen to discuss his magical new book about the Chicago Cubs. But Lux producers, they also asked me to recommend a book for young people to read and they didn't like my first pick, The Joy of Sex. So I dusted off a slender 93-page novella that my mum and dad bought me when we were on a holiday once when I was 12. And it is a true gem by a German writer, a powerful story set in pre-war Germany, David. You would have never have guessed that, would you? No. It's a book about a friendship between two boys. It's a bit like you and me. Mm-hmm. One, a Jewish kid mm. who's the middle-class son of a doctor. Mm. The other, An aristocrat, (laughs) the son of a count from a socially prominent family. It's actually, God, this is the German men in blazers, men in lederhosen. And the two boys, they share a friendship based on their love of history and, like, mutual loneliness in this barbaric German private school that they attend. That friendship buckles as Germany's transformed in the march towards war. All I can say, the kicker of this book, it's only, like, 92, 93 pages, but the kicker, it just packs an emotional punch that when I was 12, it knocked me over thought about this book for weeks and I just reread it on Rosh Hashanah and I'll say its impact hasn't lessened any over the years, this Mm -hmm. book it's proof you cannot change who you are even as society changes around you it's beautiful, it's haunting and it'll make you a better person if you read it
1: Uh, Rog, it's been a long time since I've been uh, going clean shaven and I'm talking about my face Um, I've, I've tended just to use a beard trimmer and just trim down my beard but I've started shaving again Um, I'm not clean shaving today, but I'm sort of shaving once a week rather than going clean shaving. Is
0: this connected to your urge to go commando?
1: And I am. (laughs) (laughs) Right now. You would. Can't hear that in my voice. No, I can hear it in your jeans squeak less. Yeah, no. I am doing. I am getting cleaner shaving, going commando a little bit here and there. Um, And uh, I've gone not for, I was thinking, you know, we've talked about Barbasol, we both quite like Barbasol. We like sort of uh, shaving foam. but I've been using this, the Van der Hagen Men's Luxury Scented Shave Soap. It just gives me a closer shave, the shave soap. I like to be able to see my beard. I don't like when you use shaving foam and your face disappears and you don't know what, you forget where your lips are and where your ears uh, go. I so I like when my lips are I like even the when I'm soap. shaving. And uh, I've tried a few of them. Van cool. der Hagen, um, sounds like he plays uh, in defensive midfield for some team in the Dutch second division. It's a very, very good product. Bargain at 11 dollars and 59 cents for a pack of 2 uh Roger Van der Hagen shave soap uh, this might usher in because I've run out of things to put in the kitchen or ladders and various hardware supplies I might be going a little bit might be going a little bit men's grooming supplies this fall I think on men in Blazers. Van der Hagen men's shaving soap
0: I think I'm not sure I think Mickey Bubbles might use it as part of his secret recipe which he uses to launch the bubbles so beautifully <laughs> yeah. At the London Stadium, I'm really queuing up JW's beautiful, short, investigative report on how the bubbles are made, which we put in Men in Blazers' show yesterday. Mickey Bubbles.
1: I thought you were gonna uh, suggest that it, that Vanderhagen's men's luxury scented shave soap had some uh, similar properties to horse placenta, and that perhaps it could be it could cure any sort of hamstring uh, tears that you have, any hamstring problems.
0: No, Mickey Bubbles. Uh, they don't use horse
1: placenta. Uh, visit com to sign up for our newsletter, which we produce with our partner, Guinness. Follow us on Twitter at MenInBlazers, at EmbassyDavies, at Rog Benner. On Instagram at MenInBlazers, at yes. Embassy underscore davis. Facebook MenInBlazers. You can always email us at MenInBlazers at gmail.com. You can always send your ravens to the crap part of Soho vendor punk, Rog. War pig. Who wants to sex Matumbo? Two visions. Bulls win. Bulls win. Take that, Gloria. Bulls lose. To see a sucker. Abregado, rock on, mate. Kung fu fight in America. I love you,
0: even when you go commando in a clean-shaven Daveo. You would. A pep of balds. What's wrong with losing the day every now and again? Nothing.